and welcome to Talking Dirty at the Library, where we'll talk about what's growing here in Athens and Limestone County, Alabama. Each podcast features master gardener experts discussing ways we can cultivate better gardens and better lifestyles through local gardening and Limestone County Extension programs. This is Talking Dirty at the Library. Uh, We're following up the program we had today, which is Getting Dirty at the Library. My name is Emily Clem. I'm a Master Gardener, and with us today is Rhonda Britton. Rhonda, uh, introduce yourself. Well, my name is Rhonda Britton, and I am a former home grounds agent with the Alabama Cooperative Extension. I covered Madison, Jackson, and pretty much the northeast part of the state. And probably the biggest program that I was in charge of was Master Gardeners. So Limestone County was one of my counties also right. for Master Gardeners, and that's how I got to meet you. Mm-hmm. And it's a great bunch of people, and it was good to see everyone today. Um, I do miss my former job. And we miss you. And, but, you know, sometimes you have to wait in life to find that job. And uh, I'm now at the Auburn University Research and Innovation Campus in Huntsville. And uh, my title is Campus Engineer. So hmm. I'm a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. I get to handle the outdoor part, the irrigation, the inside, you know, hanging stuff up on the wall or getting a contractor in to fix something. So it sounds like you may be the most important person in the building. I don't know. Some days, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really fun, and it's a great place, and I'm not losing what I've learned in my career. It's just a little bit of everything I've done. Different application. Absolutely. Our topic today is growing shiitake mushrooms. So we had quite a good turnout. A lot of people were interested in that. Um, As a retired biology teacher, I thought, so what do you people remember about mushrooms from high school biology had you been paying attention and not passing notes? But mushrooms, because they come up in our yard and they sort of behave like plants, we have to remind ourselves they are not plants. They do not do photosynthesis. If you look at their cells, they're different. Um, We don't see anything but the little cap unless we dig deeper and see what's underground, and that's the hyphae and the mycelium. And it's the little cap that comes up that has the spores in it, and that's how mushrooms reproduce. So um, we were also talking about the ecological service that mushrooms do. Correct. Probably the majority of the calls we always received in the office were, there's mushrooms in my yard. Well, that's nature's way of taking care of something in your lawn, meaning there could have been a limb that had fallen and it's just decayed. There's a fungal growth called uh, fairy ring that Mm -hmm. grows in your lawn. So they're very interesting and a lot of people think, wow, something's wrong. But it's usually not a bad thing. It's just nature's way of taking care of of something. Mm -hmm. And it breaks it down and it really makes for a very deep, rich soil growth. And it's it's not bad. So a lot of people have used the growing matter of mushrooms 
when they grow the white cap mushroom. I think that's the most popular that people see in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And those are grown a little different, but I've always heard that, oh, I got some of that mushroom soil. So, you know, it's really rich, and so it's good for the garden. Right. You go to Lowe's and get mushroom compost, right? Exactly. Right. Yes. So uh, mushrooms are part of that natural ecology, um, serving to make matter do the whole cycle to decay. And, of course, not all mushrooms are edible. Correct. And that's probably the other phone call we get the most of. Can I eat these mushrooms <laughs> in my yard? And as I said in the talk earlier, no, absolutely not. You've got to know what you're looking at and know if it is one that you can eat. So that's why shiitake mushrooms are so popular is because, you know, we know that those are good and they're kind of easy to grow that they're a lot of work like anything else that we grow in our yard but they're just interesting it's it's fun to see them take off after you've inoculated a log or got the bag of the mycelium or the spawn Mm -hmm. so it's kind of neat to see um and that's what you did this morning during the program was take us through the steps so correct what all do we need to grow shiitake mushrooms Well, they grow best on white oak or an oak log, uh, preferably white or red oak. And there are other species such as poplar and um, sweet gum Mm -hmm. would work. It needs to be a hardwood, not a softwood. You would not want to try this with like pine. Yeah, the pine would not be good. (laughs) But it's a fairly simple process. You have to have some tools. Obviously, you're going to need a drill and a special drill bit. I think it's a 12 millimeter, about an inch long, and you've got to have a special tool to inoculate. Uh, it's called an inoculation tool, and, and basically, it, it's a plunger. You kind of stomp it into the mycelium, and it's got a little push button on it, and you put it in the hole that you've drilled. The most important thing is people will call and say, I've got some oak trees that died and you can come get them but the problem is you want to start out with a healthy uh, tree obviously that was interesting to me because i figured if you're going to grow a mushroom you want a rotten log well no (laughs) no no You, you really want the moisture there and you know if the tree died there was probably something else that and and believe it or not nature's going to take care of that anyway with it being in the in the woods normally but you want to what we call fail the tree of one or two weeks before you're going to inoculate. Most of the time you want to do a dormant stand. It'd be mm-hmm. easier to cut up, obviously, without the leaves and those types of things. But we did an experiment many years ago when I worked for Dr. Sabota at Alabama A&M Research Station, and I did all of her experiments. And shiitake mushrooms were one of her main programs she did. And we would take different mycelium we would drill multiple holes maybe we would weigh the log and there were just different processes we used to try to get the most basically bang for your buck Mm -hmm. but when you drill the holes you want to make sure you don't like just drill a thousand holes in this log because you're going to use it up quicker and uh, how big does your log need to um you know the bigger the log the longer it will last but you've got to think of the weight of it because you've got to handle that log and pick it up and and put it in water 
But there are uh, things that you need to consider in the width of the log or the diameter. Uh, I would go no more than probably five inches. You know, you want to stick with probably, I think usually three to four inches. We really mm-hmm. got a lot of mushrooms out of, and they, they seem to do very well. But we did an experiment where we cut two logs the same day of every month for one year to see if there was any difference in if we cut a, a tree in the middle of the summer versus in a dormant tree. And there was no difference in we got as much mushroom spawn from the May cutting than we did with just a dormant cutting. So basically you can you can cut them when you can. So right. sounds like a great science project. Anybody out there who needs an idea. <laughs> Yes, it's a lot of fun, and like I said, you know, if you like power tools and, um, you know, you like growing things, it's a really neat little thing to do, and if you like mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, because so. you're going to have to eat them. If you're going to grow exactly. them, you got to eat them. Yes. So, I've cut my log about 30 to 40 inches long. Correct. Three to five inches diameter. I've drilled some holes in it. Mm-hmm. About how many holes? Yeah. Normally, you know, about six inches apart. And then you want to rotate the log, and you want to drill the, the next hole like a triangle. You want to make a triangle. And that way you're not going to use up your mycelium or your spawn faster than what you should. And it just evens it out so that the mycelium can take over the log a little easier. You so. don't want to honeycomb your log. Exactly. No, no, no. Okay. So then what do I do? You're, I inoculate it. I get that little plunger thing right oh where do i get this mycelium well there are growers here in the state of alabama they're growers pretty much nationwide and i would go to a reputable grower and purchase your spawn and they will have the tools that you'll need and the the correct drill bit that type of stuff and they can set you up now the other thing that you're going to need we always use a little camp stove and a couple of dutch oven type cast iron pots to melt our wax and you can buy the wax through them also and you're going wait mushrooms and wax what's what's what do you use the wax for (laughs) well we want to seal the log up after we've drilled the hole and we like to seal the ends of the log too that helps hold that moisture in so that it can it, it will last a little bit longer and that makes it a little bit easier to handle and just keeps the moisture in there and makes for your mushrooms to be more healthy. If that makes so you're sense. trapping the water. You're, you're trapping, trapping food, like correct. sugar. I mean, we don't think about logs being sweet, but yes, they're yeah. plants that make sugar. And the, right. the fungus is going to feed off of the sugar. That's correct. In fact, when we cut sweet gums, it was amazing how sweet they smelled mm-hmm. so the name sweet gum really kind of Bits. gives the tree yeah mm-hmm. so but uh it holds some moisture in it kind of keeps contaminants out believe it or not and when you do cut your tree you want to make sure that you don't damage the more bark than what you need to you want to kind of handle them with care you don't want to be chunking them in the in the truck you want to kind of be easy with them and uh, if you do have you know like a cut Sometimes the chainsaw, you may get a little extra cut in there. You just cover it with wax. And like I said, that just helps hold that moisture that's in that log in there until you're ready to soak them for their first initial 
cycle. Okay, so we've got them all sealed up. We want to keep them in a place that's not too dry. No, you know, don't want them out there in the hot sun. No. And one thing we didn't talk about on the waxing, we always use a metal baster or you can use a, a paintbrush. You just want to be able to get the wax on there. You don't have to, like, paint it on there, but you want to just seal those those inoculation holes and, and the ends of the log. And then you want to set them outside, or you can set them in your garage even if you want to, but basically outside, up off the ground, maybe on a, a concrete block or, you know, a piece of PVC pipe and stack them up in kind of a shaded area. You don't want them in full sun, like you said, because mm-hmm. it will dry them out and it'll make the wax melt on, on them because on hot days. And then you want to treat it basically like you would your flowers or your garden. You want to kind of hit it with a little water every week. You don't have to douse it. You just want to kind of keep that moisture on there. And a lot of times nature, Mother Nature takes care of that for us, especially here in July. I heard somebody say, you know, if it rains the first day of July, it's going to rain every day. <laughs> and, I, and I'm kind of, well, on kind way, of yeah, it? I'm kind of thinking that's some truth. Yeah. But yeah, just don't let them dry out. And maybe in the summer, if you were growing a lot of these in a wooded area, let's say, you could uh, take some burlap and cover them and then just wet the burlap once a week. And mm-hmm. that would keep, that'll keep them moist mm-hmm. enough. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long do you have to wait? After you inoculate, you're going to wait approximately six months. And so that's where having a calendar is very important. you got to say, okay, we inoculated these uh, in January, and so we're going we're gonna to soak them in June. So that's basically what you're going to do. We're going to wait six months. And a lot of times there are different types of spawn that or mycelium that you're going to buy some of them are what we call summer, some of them are fall, some of them are, are all weather, and they usually have that in their description when you're purchasing it. We've always been very successful with uh, Field and Forest. They're out of Wisconsin, and they've been in business for many years, but like I said, we do have some local growers here in Alabama now, and I cannot think of their name. Thank you goodness can, for Google. Yeah, that, that's right. But you can purchase that from a reputable grower, and they can walk you through the steps. But they usually have a really good catalog that'll say, you know, this is a good all-weather, and we normally dealt with uh, two called uh, West Wind, and one was WR46. So those were always kind of the standards we kind of used. But there's a lot of different variety or cultivars out there that, you know, growers have. So just read up on it, do a little research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. so I wait six months. Correct. And then I see these little baby mushrooms coming up. Well, the first thing you need to look for would be any kind of white turning white, meaning you can tell looking at the end of the log, and I think I brought one and showed the the participants today, and it basically tells you, hey, this mushroom is taking this log, it's taking hold. So if you'll just kind of push me along by soaking me, those mushrooms will probably start popping out. So when I look at the end of my logs and I see that it's white, which is the mycelium growing. That's correct. Then I soak it. Yeah, I would go ahead and soak it then. 
And, and like I said, different, so if we do a sweet gum and the size log versus an, a white oak, white oak's gonna take a minimum of six months. Sweet gum, it'll be a little bit quicker sometimes, but it just depends. Okay, right. so keep a check on keep it. Keep a check and on it. And when the end of the, that log has that whitish look. That's correct. It's time to soak yeah, them. Yeah, soak them. And you're going to soak them for, you know, 24 to 48 hours. And, uh, again, I showed a pretty cool picture of my design on how to hold the logs down in the water because they, they do like to float. Yep. You know, a piece of old wood and a concrete block will keep them kind of down in the water mm-hmm. because you really want to hold them down in the water so that that water will absorb. And that's what initiates that fruiting or tells that mushroom that, hey, I'm ready to pop out of here. Right. So, And it's called pinning. Uh, basically, it looks like the end of your finger starts uh-huh. popping out. And so the log will basically tell you when it's ready to grow. After I see that little pin mushroom come mm-hmm. up, how long before harvest? Probably about a week. And they're kind of, you know, picky sometimes. They'll grow really quick. They'll pin one day and they will be a mushroom the next day. So it just depends on the climate and the time of year. And a lot of times when we were doing our experiments, we would move them into a house, uh, what we call a block, a shiitake house. And it was just a long, skinny building where we had a misting system and we were able to kind of control the environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, about 75 degrees, we could get, get those mushrooms to pop out. So, oh, that's another thing, temperature. Yeah, temperature, uh, ideally, depending on the strain you use, 41 to 85 degrees is normally okay. when they want to pop out. That makes sense. You don't want to freeze them. No. You don't want to cook them. Uh, that's correct. <laughs> okay. And, and they'll let you know when they're ready, so... What are any other tips for success? Because I know you said, was it hit and miss? Yes. Like any other gardening, there are no guarantees. That's correct. And you may have to try it more than once before you get it right. Correct. And the the other thing is, too, a lot of people, you know, when we've done these workshops before and they take a log home and, and they'll call me six months later, I still don't have any mushrooms. Well, a lot of times we forget about them. And then we're like, oh, we never got any mushrooms. So there's no guarantee that it's going to take. But at the same time, if you do it correctly, it it is kind of neat to see it happen. But sometimes it's kind of like growing a tomato plant. You could have probably gone to the farmer's market and bought a lot of tomatoes on the money you just spent on those two plants. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same way. If you've got a wooded area, you know, and you've got the wood or have, you know, trees that you can fell, that's kind of, you know, what it's really after. But believe it or not, you can buy these logs already inoculated from these growers. Okay. Okay. And that might be a good way to get started. Yeah, it kind of hooks you. Uh Uh-huh. That's correct. And you find out who amongst your friends and family will help you eat the mushrooms. That's correct. And yeah, you know, you gotta like mushrooms to, to grow mushrooms, mm-hmm. I think. So mm-hmm. But they're good for you. They're, they're absolutely they're a nutritious protein source. So that's something to consider also. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Rhonda. Well, I've enjoyed it and um, happy shiitake mushrooming. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you all for listening and I uh, will see you next time. been listening to Talking Dirty at the Library, a podcast produced by the Athens-Limestone County Public Library in cooperation with the Limestone County Extension Office and Master Gardener Program. 
Join us next time to see where we're growing. And to hear other recordings from our Library Voices podcast series, please visit the Athens-Limestone County Library website at alcpl.org. <laughs>